Sports presents the Pick 6 Podcast, featuring CBS NFL writers Pete Prisco and Will Brinson, NFL insider Jason Lockenfora, and host Nick Costos. You want NFL talk? We've got NFL talk. From training camp to the Super Bowl and through the NFL draft, our fearsome foursome has you covered. This is the Pick 6 Podcast. Pick 6 Podcast, NFL Friday, as we await Week 12 NFL Sunday. Nick Costos, Pete Prisco, Will Brinson will join us a little later on the road. God knows where he is traversing through the Carolinas with uh, with his full caravan of, of Brinsonites. Jason Luck and Forrest, Satanic Lock of the Week coming up a little later in the program. Pete, before uh, we get into the review of Thursday's games and uh, and pick the games this weekend and the conductor will have the timestamps in the description, so if you don't want to listen to what we're about to talk about, you can skip ahead to the picks. That's cool. But um, the Friday after Thanksgiving, I feel like, could be maybe the worst day of the year for people that are trying to potentially get in shape because you've just come off a day of eating where, like, you sort of be like, okay, I just ate everything. It's all right. And now what really happens for me, at least, Pete, is this day becomes all about self-loathing when I put a shirt on and I don't look as good. And I am just in a, in, in a pit of misery and despair and self-guilt at the moment. You know what I did? I went and worked out this morning, even though I'm fighting a, a cold like you are, and went and worked out because I felt so – you know that float that they have in the Macy's Parade there, that yeah. Pillsbury Doughboy? That was me yesterday. <laughs> I waddled back into the house. It was ridiculous. I, I almost needed a wheelbarrow to be, to be, to be brought home yesterday. I mean, I, it was – break down what you call this season for – for for us and for other people that eat during football season, what do you call it, Pete? It's fat ball season, and, and the reason it's uh, it's always been fat ball season is because everybody involved with football gets fat. And I've talked to players about it. Take a look at the offense. Take a look at the offensive linemen from week one until week fifteen. They get so fat. Now they have to make weight, but that just tells you something. They make weight. Their body composition changes. They become little fat doughboys, and and they they still weigh the same. But the muscle definition goes. The fans get fat. The media gets fat. <laughs> we all get fat. It's fat ball season. <laughs> what was the uh, what was the main event of your Thanksgiving meal? I you know what I'm not a big dessert guy on Thanksgiving because I don't like pecan pie and pumpkin pie. See, so. see that, that speaks very poorly of your character. Pecan pie I think is probably the the best dessert of all time. Number it's one on the gooey list. Gooey and chewy and yeah, I'm not a big. I had key lime pie. I had a, I had a nice slice of key lime pie. But you know what? I had so many mashed potatoes and bit and I had a rolls and and turkey and and stuffing that by the time it came time for dessert, I go just make me a tiny little piece. And they made me a piece that was bigger than tiny. So what did I do? I ate it anyways. Yeah. Well, you like to do baby bites. I, I don't know if anyone knows that that's listening. But Pete, when he eats, likes to take little baby bites of his food and then puts it away. So which, I'm not surprised. Which tells to hear you, that. by the way, which tells you something about what I'm eating since I'm fat and I barely even eat that much for a man. I'm fat. Uh, Oh man, I I mean the, the the food was just was just out, outrageous on Thanksgiving, and I am still sort of suffering the consequences from it on this Friday as we tape. So Pete, let's review the Thanksgiving games and let's begin with the um, let's begin with the Chargers and the Cowboys, and these are two teams, my friend, moving in just entirely different directions at the moment. Yeah, not very good. I mean, let's be honest about it. The Cowboys aren't very good right now. They 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 were bad on defense. They couldn't run the ball. Dak looked lost. His receivers weren't getting open. I mean, they're not a good team right now. And and you know what? They've gone from a team that people thought might make a playoff push a couple weeks ago to a team that might fire their coach. I mean, Jason Garrett and staff has to be on the hot seat, don't they? 
Uh, I mean, I, I would think so. But I mean, but what you can say is, you know, they did lose their best player in Ezekiel Elliott. Correct. But last week they said, oh, they lost their best player in Ezekiel Elliott. But, oh, by the way, the worst thing is they lost Tyron Smith. No, but he you're played right. yesterday. No, I you're mean, right. So, you know, they got it. Look, they're not good right now. There's a lack of talent in a lot of spots on that team. Are they done? Are the Cowboys done? Finished. Over. Done. Done. D-U-N done. done. D-O-N-E done. D-U-N done. D-U-N-N-S done. They're done. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, and, on the, and on the flip side, man, I got Will Brinson's Chargers back from the dead. I mean, this has been a pretty impressive uh, little stretch by Anthony Lynn's team, Philip Rivers and company. Rivers was surgical on Thanksgiving. And, and you buried him about five weeks ago. I bury him every week, yeah. I just, you do. I, I don't like the guy's the most underappreciated quarterback in the National Football League. He's a competitor. He shows up. He knows where to go with the football. It's ugly all the time the way he throws it, but he gets the ball in the right spots. And you know what? Their offensive line has made big improvement. Dan Feeney, who stepped in a couple weeks ago, is playing really well. They're better on the up front. And defensively, look, you know, Nick, this is a pass rusher league. They can rush the passer. They got an easy schedule. They might not only make the playoffs, they might win the division. Well, I, I don't know about win the division because there are already there were what if the Chiefs win as we expect I expect them to win on Sunday against the Bills. Kansas City is going to be seven and four with the two game lead over the Chargers and they, they already play each beat other the again though. But that's at Arrowhead. That's they already well. played once in L.A. and the Chiefs won that game. Correct. So I think I think it's likely the Chiefs are still going to win the division, but but I think the Chargers are definitely making the playoffs in the AFC. I think I think out of all the teams vying for that sixth seed right now. I think they're the best one, and I'm not sure it's even particularly close. No, I, I would tend to agree with you. I, I think they're definitely the team nobody will want to play either. When you can rush the passer like that and you have a quarterback who can make plays, you don't want to play them. They're a good football team right now. So what you might get now would be a rematch in the wild card round, assuming it shakes out the way we think it's going to, with Pittsburgh and New England as the top two seeds in whatever order. Let's say it's the Patriots as the top seed, where then you would get the Chargers at Jacksonville, the six at three game which is a rematch of that wild game we saw a couple weeks ago that the Chargers really should have won. And then we could potentially get Chargers at Patriots if the Chargers win that game. And that game was, was pretty close. I mean, the final score wasn't really that close, but the Chargers played the Patriots in Foxborough really tough. So I think it's going to be a fascinating uh, January coming up in the uh, in the AFC and, and, and down the stretch um, in that conference. Uh, one, th- one thing back on the Thanksgiving uh, stuff that triggered me as we were talking, does it surprise you to hear, Pete, that once I got to my godfather's house yesterday in Boca Raton, the first thing that I ate was not turkey or stuffing or potatoes or anything like that, but I had a slice of pecan pie with ice cream on it was the first thing that I ate. And then I ate an entree, and then I went back to dessert. Does that surprise you? No, not the way you eat. You go from one thing to the other. You're the only guy in the world that has his dessert while he's eating, then goes back to eating, and then comes back to the dessert. Is that gross? You know what that is? That's ADD. You need you need uh, uh you need some medicine there, son. You need no, some but, medicine. No, am I really the only person you've ever met that does that? That eats like dessert? I mean, I I'm like a weird guy when I like if I go to if I ever go to a McDonald's or something, I have to eat my French fries before I eat my burger. That is very like like uh, Jamie does that. Jamie Eisenberg he does. If we get chips, cookie, and and, uh, and sandwich for lunch, like on NFL Sunday, Jamie will eat the sandwich first. Then dump all the chips on on his plate and eat the chips and then eat the cookie last. See, I do it the other way. I got to eat my chips first, then the sandwich, then then the cookie. But I like to you eat just you just make you, you might as well just crumble yours up into one hot mess in there and just <laughs> eat it all at once. It's delicious. And uh, speaking of hot messes, the Dallas Cowboys certainly are one right now. Five and six losers now of three consecutive games. So while the Cowboys, Pete, are falling, the Minnesota Vikings 
are rising. And Case Keenum, man, I tweeted it yesterday. I think I'm ready to say it. Case Keenum is good. Oh, I'm, I think he's pretty darn good. He's, you know what I like about him? He thinks he's good. You know how I like that. I like a guy who's got cocky swagger, arrogance to him, and he's got it. And, and I go back and, and you can find, I can't find the story. I'd love to be able to because I've had so many misses over the years at quarterback that I'd like to say I got this one. When I was at the combine in 2012, I asked him, I was sitting by himself, I went over and I started talking to him. And you know what? He came across as a cocky, arrogant kid. And I said to myself, I wrote a column on him. I talked to him for a while. I said, this kid's going to make it somewhere. I didn't think he would be this good, but I think he'd be a starting quarterback quarterback at some point he look Nick you know what he does he keeps his head up when, when there's pressure in his face he keeps his head up that's one of the most important things he's not rattled at all inside the pocket can they win a Super Bowl with Case Keenum the way they are constructed right now I mean I don't know they look like maybe if not the best team in the league one of the top three or four best teams in the league he's playing tremendous football and it's like it's not like he's managing the game for a really good team he's making plays like I at this point, and, and I don't know if the question so much, can they win a Super Bowl with Keenum? For right now, the question for me is, can Mike Zimmer come out and just give this guy the job at this point so he can stop looking over his shoulder at Teddy Bridgewater? Like, well, he kind of has, has hasn't he? Hasn't he? he well, no, I mean, he comes, out, he comes out every week and announces Keenum starting on Sunday. I mean, no no bleep Keenum starting on Sunday. The guy's not lost in two months. I mean, of course he's starting on Sunday. But hasn't it reached the point where Mike Zimmer just has to say, unless he gets hurt, Case Keenum's our guy the rest of the year here? I, that's what he should say. I mean, clearly, that's what I would say. Get it over with. Move on with it. I mean, I'm, I'm with you, Nick. I, I look. This kid is the, he's earned the right to be the starting quarterback. Just come out and say it. Yeah, he's been he's been awesome. And I was I, every time I watch them, I like can't believe the ease with which made they move the ball down the field with no Dalvin Cook. The offensive line's been remade. They've got Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs and Kyle Rudolph and Latavius <laughs> Murray and Jarek McKinnon. Pete, this is a pretty darn good offense, and I think Pat Shermer deserves a lot of credit. Yeah, well, and, and you know what? Adam Thielen's made himself into one hell of a receiver. Uh, and and, and I, it's this, about three years ago, I think it was three years ago, or two, what was it, three years ago I was there in training camp, and I was, you know, the PR guy in Minnesota, you know, Tommy West and those guys and Bob Hagen, they're really good people. Tommy's sitting over there. He, he calls me over and he goes, hey, I want to meet a guy that, you know, he, he was from this school right here in Mankato and we kind of found him. He's a nice kid. He's got a chance. And so I started talking to him and I'm like, boy, does this, they really think this kid could be a big time player. And then I watch practice. I go, yeah, he's got some skills, but he's got a little polish to go. And now look at him. It's a great yeah. story. It's a great story in the NFL. The Vikings have a tough little stretch coming up here next Sunday, visiting the Atlanta Falcons, the Sunday after visiting the Carolina Panthers, then hosting the Bengals at Green Bay. And Aaron Rodgers could be back for that game. Who the hell knows on December 23rd? That's on a Saturday. And then closing the season, hosting the Chicago Bears. So a nice little stretch coming up for the Vikings. We'll get a sense of whether this team, I think, is truly, truly Super Bowl caliber or not. The Vikings set to host uh, the Super Bowl will be in Minnesota. So the Vikings try to become the first team in NFL history to play the Super Bowl in their home stadium. Anything you want to add about the Lions um, who lose to drop the six and five? I was kind of disappointed in their overall performance. Yeah, they they weren't very good. I mean, let, let's be honest about it. They didn't. They, it took them a while to get going. Uh, but you know what? As bad as they were, Nick, if he hits that rifle shot down the middle of the field at the end of the game, the Golden Tate, then all of a sudden you look up and you go, it's a ball game, and they might even win the game. So, um, yeah, they their schedule's not tough the rest of the way either. If you look at it, they got a chance to get right here. 
But again, it might come down if they tied the Falcons. It might come down to that play, the Golden Tate play at the end of the game when they met in what week two it was. Yeah, week three, a couple inches away, um, Atlanta winning that game 30 to 26. They were minus three or minus three and a half. The Falcons covered the spread. How do I know? Because I bet on the Lions in that game. Thank you very much. One of money bad beats for yours truly this season. And I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on the Giants and the Redskins. Um, the Giants are awful. This game set offensive football back to the Jurassic era. Just brutal. But I mean, at least the Redskins, I think, sort of staying alive, Pete, in the NFC playoff race. Yeah, and, and you know what? The Giants are bad on offense. You know that. I mean, the, it, but again, the Redskins kept them around. The Redskins did an awful job of keeping them around, you know, last night. And that, that they got to do a better job of putting teams away. The Redskins are weird. One day they're good, one day they're bad. One day they're good, one day they're bad. We don't know who they are. But again, they're still alive in a wide open NFC. Uh, yeah, so the Redskins, five and six. I thought Kirk Cousins was pretty decent. The Giants are just really tough to watch. Um, one note on the Thanksgiving games before we move on and we start picking Sunday's games. Did you get a chance to watch any of these halftime shows, specifically the Jason Derulo halftime show of was the he Vikings Yeah, it, it, Not not only was he lip syncing, but I think that I respect it because he wasn't even like making an attempt to show like he was not lip syncing. Like he was so obviously like he didn't he was just cashing a check, and I kind of respect him for it. Yeah, that wasn't very good. And he's talented, too. That's the weird thing about it. Wouldn't you think in that opportunity, Nick, that you, because there's obviously, you know, you know him, I know him, we know who he is, but a lot of people don't know who he is. Don't you think he would have taken the opportunity to go in there and show some people that he's talented? He gagged. I, they booed him. Yeah, he might have had, like... He might have had like the U flu or something. Like maybe like went out the night before. I mean, it's really it's it's tough to say what happened with Jason Derulo because he did not give a you know what like he went out the night before. I know that much. Hilarious. All right, Pete. So let's move on now. You were already one and zero in the super contest. You had the Chargers. That was a fantastic pick by you. I bet on the Chargers. Didn't take them in the contest though. So Pete one and zero. Pete is currently leading both myself and Will Brinson. I am what a game a game behind you, Pete, and Brinson is about ten games behind both of us. Maybe it's not ten, but he's having a bad year. So. Let's you and I start. He went five and zero oh last week, though, Brinson. But he's, he's still behind us. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So we will start here, and then we'll bring Brinson on for his best five picks, and then we'll get the Jason Lockhand for a satanic bet of the week as well. Let's start, Pete, in Cincinnati, where the Bengals are eight point home favorites over the Browns. Yeah. This is to me. This is a matter of the bad offense of the of the Browns going to play against a pretty good defense in Cincinnati. For all their faults, they're still pretty good on defense. I, I don't see the Browns scoring a lot of points. I like the Bengals in this one. I know it's a big number, but I like the Bengals. Yeah, I think that everyone should learn their lesson at this point because this was me last year, and you mocked me relentlessly last year when I was taking the Browns and the Forty ers constantly. And you said, "Why are you keep taking these bad teams?" And I said, "Because there's value there. Screw value." I don't no longer care about value. You know what I care about? Winning money, winning bets, and winning my picks. With that said, I'm taking the Cincinnati Bengals. And look, I like Jason McCourty a lot. Cleveland short, uh, shut down cornerback. A.J. Green's going to have a field day in this game. Cincinnati, don't look now, starting to get a little better on offense. The upset win last week in Denver. Cincy with the win, pulls to 5-6 and six in the thick of the AFC. Playoff hunt, I'll take the Bengals to win. And the Bengals to cover. Pete moving to Philadelphia, where the Eagles are 13 and a half point favorites over Mitchell Trubisky and the Chicago Bears. This number is bloated, really bloated. But there's a reason it's bloated. More or less rookie, bloated than you. More or less bloated than you after Thanksgiving. Uh, less. Uh, when you when they go on the road, rookie quarterbacks, and they got to face that pass rush, that's a problem. 
And I don't – look, he's improved. Mitchell Trubisky's gotten a lot better. Don't get me wrong. I think he's improved a lot. I think he's going to be a really good quarterback. But this is a different animal. This is a feeding frenzy. I not only like the Eagles, I love the Eagles, and I hate giving out big numbers like this. I think they destroy the Bears in this game. I don't love the Eagles, Pete, but I really like the Eagles. Like, you can't bet Chicago in this spot. I mean, Leonard Floyd's out, and and, and this defense for Chicago, I just think, is going to get shredded by Carson Wentz. And Wentz has been proven to be matchup-proof pretty much, right, this season, right? doesn't matter what the matchup is. The Eagles' offense is going to put up points. They've got the three-headed monster now at running back. Just a damn good football team, and they are going to unleash the hounds on Mitchell Trubisky on the road in a tough environment. There's only one way for me to look. It's a lay it or don't play it. Fly, Eagles, fly, Eagles, laying the third. 13 and a half. Now, Pete, we move to New England. Speaking of big home favorites, where the Patriots, Tom Brady and company, welcome in. Jay Cutler and the Dolphins. The Patriots, 16 and a half point favorites, which I believe is the biggest spread thus far this season. Yeah, and you know what, Nick? When I look at this, I say, oh, is Miami going to show up and keep it on? And I go, no, they have no chance. And I don't care who's playing quarterback. New England's going to pick them apart. Everybody moves the football in Miami. Can you imagine Brady's going to go bang, bang, boom, 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 right up the field, touchdown, right up the field, touchdown. They might put 40 on them this week. I, no way I'm taking the 60. I don't love New England because I hate giving out big numbers, but I would take New England in the game. See, I think it's written in my contract as a sports better that I have to take the points with big numbers like this. I don't think I can do it, though. At 17, I might take the Dolphins, but at 16 and a half, I'm going to lay it with the New England Patriots. It's not a best bet. I'm not going to put one cent of my money on it because the back door is always open in a situation like this. And, Pete, I know that's one of your favorite things when the back door is open. But when the back door is open, when it's open, I'm a little loopy. When it's open late in the game, you know, you can never truly feel comfortable, and that's going to be the case. Patriots are going to roll. Patriots are going to win. But I don't feel good enough, Pete, to take it or make it one of my – Best bets now to Arrowhead Stadium where the Chiefs coming off that embarrassing loss last week against the New York football Giants returning home to host not Nathan Peterman, Pete, but Tyrod Taylor back in the lineup. Sean McDermott and the Buffalo Bills, Kansas City, nine and a half point home favorite. You know what, though, Nick, this is two bad defenses. I mean, they really are. They're bad defenses right now. So whichever team gets the offense cranked up, I think. When you look at Andy Reid, I, I think he's going to come up. He's going to start doing some things differently. The gimmick stuff has been caught up, too. they got to start playing good football, get the ball to Kareem Hunt. The Bills can't stop the run since Marcel Darius is gone. I, I like Kansas City in the spot. It's a big number. I don't love him because I think Tyrod Taylor will be able to do some things as well. But I, I would lean to the Chiefs in this game. Oh, Pete, I don't just like the Kansas City Chiefs. I love the Kansas City Chiefs because it's not just Buffalo on offense. It's Buffalo on defense. This defense is absolutely getting shredded week in and week out. And Kansas City coming off the embarrassing offensive performance, I just think they're going to get this turned up. And you know who I think is going to get really turned up in this game, my friend? Kareem Hunt, who's been held down recently here after the unbelievable starts of the season. This is a spot where, in theory, he should absolutely dominate. I like the Chiefs to win. I love the Chiefs to cover one of my best bets of the week, Kansas City. Now to Atlanta, where the Falcons, nine-and-a-half-point home favorites, Pete, over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Again, another giant number which scares me away a little bit. Remember, Tampa Bay went there last year and won in, in the open the season. So, you know, they, they have familiarity with Mike Smith, knows Matt Ryan, the defensive coordinator, um, you know, and, and Dirk Cutter coached Matt Ryan. But having said all that, I think Atlanta's going to get it cranked up. I don't love the game, 
but I would lean more toward laying the points, so I'd probably take the Falcons in this spot. I'm I'm actually surprised and a little disappointed, Pete, that you are not taking the Atlanta Falcons here, because I think this is a money spot for the Falcons. You know, coming off the big win last week on Monday night in Seattle, great job by you. That was one of your best bets last week, and I'm going to make it one of my best bets this week. I think the Falcons are going to get right on offense here. Big game for Julio Jones. The Falcons smash the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I love the Falcons laying the nine and a half. Now to another game, Pete, that I think I love. It's the Carolina Panthers visiting the New York Jets. The Panthers are four and a half point road favorites. Yeah, I love it. And you're going to think I'm crazy because of who I love, but I like the Jets in this game. I'm not believing in Carolina. I just not. I know you know, they probably get Olsen back in this game, and he's going to play and all that. But I just think at home in this spot, I'm getting more than a field goal because I don't think Carolina is that good. I know their defense is playing better. I know Cam played better. But until they show me they could beat, do it consistently, I'm going to take the points. Uh, it's four and a half in the contest, isn't it? In, it in is. Our con- yeah, yep. I'll take the four and a half, and I'll take the Jets. And I love the New York Jets. Oh, man, it's time for us to go head-to-head because I love the Carolina Panthers. You know why, Pete? Because this is the time of year where it's time for the big boys to separate themselves from the little men, kind of like I do with you on a weekly basis. You sit at the kids' table, and I'm at the big boys' table, just like the Panthers and the New York Jets. Carolina makes a statement here. The statement is that they are for real as a legit contender in the NFC, while the Jets make a statement. That statement, to quote the late, great Denny Green, we are who you thought we were. The Panthers go into the Meadowlands and beat the Jets by double digits. I love the Carolina Panthers. Another game, Pete, that I love. They're all coming in a row here. The Tennessee Titans coming off that embarrassing Thursday night defeat to the Steelers, visiting Jacoby Brissett and the Indianapolis Colts, Tennessee, and that exotic smash-mouth offense. How do you like me now? Three-point road favorites. I don't like them at all. I like the Colts in this game. I think the Colts in this spot are in a great situation. They're coming off their bye uh, Tennessee's playing back-to-back road games. Granted, they played on a Thursday night, so they'll be rested. They traditionally have all kinds of problems uh, up there in Indianapolis. I, I Look, I don't think the Colts are that good, but I don't think the Titans are that good. I think the Colts win this game outright. I love the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, Pete, I agree with everything you said, including the Colts winning the game outright and including loving the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts plus three at home, another one of my best bets that's four in a row for yours truly one more to go now to san francisco pete where the niners brain trust kyle shanahan john lynch deciding to keep jimmy garoppolo on the bench for at least one more week cj bethard will get the start against the reeling seattle seahawks the seahawks are six and a half point road favorites yeah look the seahawks look disoriented on defense last week and i'm concerned about that defense but i don't see a good offense in San Francisco. So they don't need to really worry about it. I I will take Russell Wilson and lay the points in this game because I think they're going to go down there and win by 10. I don't love the game, but I'll take the, I'll take the Seahawks. Oh man. You know, I kind of want to make this a best bet. I may, by the end of this podcast, we'll see what happens. I may make this one of my best bets, Um, but I'm going to take San Francisco to cover this number here because I just think that Seattle's offense right now, they're reeling Pete. They can't run the ball at all, and this defense is all sorts of banged up. And the last time we saw C.J. Beathard, he looked pretty good, albeit against the New York Giants. But I don't think this is a bad quarterback here. I think he's a backup to Jimmy Garoppolo eventually. But I think the 49ers find a way to keep it close and fall inside the old number. 
Now to Los Angeles, Pete, where Jared Goff and the Rams. How good a game is this going to be? This should be the primetime game on Sunday night. The Rams hosting Drew Brees and the Saints. The Saints winners of eight consecutive games. The Rams losing last week in Minnesota. L.A., a two-and-a-half-point home favorite. I like the Saints in this game. I, I, I think they found last week what they needed to find, which is, A, they can throw the football when they need to throw the football. And I, I'm always going to lean toward Drew Brees in these kind of games. Uh, look, the Rams aren't great on defense. They're solid. But I, I will take the New Orleans Saints. I am contemplating, Pete, making the Rams my fifth best bet this week. It's either going to be the Rams or it's going to be the in the uh, the San Francisco 49ers. I'm going to lay it with L.A. here. And the reason why, Marshawn Lattimore and Ken Crawley both going to be out of this game, the two starting cornerbacks for the Saints. And I, and I just don't know how the Saints are going to be able to stop the Rams on offense. Like, how are the Rams not putting up 35-plus points in this game on the Saints? And I respect the Saints' defense, and you know I love the Saints. They were my pick before the year to win the NFC South. So many injuries, though, Pete. I just think it's going to be, even without Robert Woods, I think this sets up as a big game for Sammy Watkins. If Cooper Cup can hang on to the frickin' football, a good game for him. And a big game for Todd Gurley. Give me the L.A. Rams to beat the New Orleans Saints and cover the spread. Now, Pete, I know this next game is near and dear to your heart. It's the Blaine Gabbert Bowl. The Jacksonville Jaguars at the Arizona Cardinals. The Blaine train on the tracks in the desert as he goes for a revenge game against his former team, Jacksonville. The Jags, Pete, without Jalen Ramsey, five-and-a-half-point favorites. I This game scares me if you're taking Jacksonville because they're such a young team and they're playing consecutive road games. But they are playing Blaine Gabbert, and they are fierce on defense. I think they'll be focused enough. I wouldn't – you know, for me, I'm not picking it in the contest or anything. I would lean to Jacksonville, but be careful if you're going to take them. Be very careful. Um, I'm going to take Jacksonville. I'm not going to take them in the contest, Pete, but I am going to take them. The reason why, I think that this is going to be years of pent-up aggression. The Jaguars fan base, Pete, is going to energize, even on the road, this Jaguars team. How's that for a narrative? And they are going to take out all their frustrations on the Blaine train. The train is going off the tracks. The Jaguars are going to smash and pulverize Blaine Gabbard into dust. Jacksonville goes into the desert and beats the Arizona Cardinals and covers the spread. In the interim coordinator bowl, Pete, we've got the Oakland Raiders with John Pagano, now the defensive coordinator after firing Ken Norton, up against the Broncos with Bill Musgrave as the interim OC, the former OC of the Raiders, and Denver as a new starting quarterback in Paxton Lynch. The silver and black are five-point home favorites. Well, you saw when they made the change in Denver, there wasn't as much grumbling, right? But there's a lot of grumbling out in Oakland this week. I mean, you look at what happened, they, they – Bruce Irvin and Khalil Mack took the day off because they weren't happy with Ken Norton getting fired. That's not a good sign. They're not very good on defense. Paxton Lynch, first start. Who knows what you get from him. But I think the Denver defense will show up here. I think Oakland wins the game, but give me the five. I'll take the five. And you know what? I love taking the five. I, I, I think that it actually that's a great pick by you, and I kind of regret not taking it. I'm not going to get on it because I don't, I don't want to mush you because it's the holiday spirit, and I don't want to do that to you. But I like the Broncos also. At some point, this defense has got to come out and play a little bit, right? Like, at some point, we've got to see that. And they were a little better last week, but ultimately, you lose at home to Andy Dalton and the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, give me a break. I'm not a huge Paxton Lynch guy, but he can make enough plays on this awful Raiders defense. And ultimately, so disappointed this year in Derek Carr and company. So I'm going to grab the points, and I'm going to do so with Paxton Lynch and the Denver Broncos 
plus the five. Now we move to Sunday night football. You want a quarterback mismatch? How about Brett Hundley on one side, Ben Roethlisberger on the other? The Steelers, a two-touchdown favorite at home over the Packers. Yeah, this is crazy number. Again, the numbers are just outrageously big this week. And, and for some reason, I think I'm going to lay the big number. I, I just don't see Brett Huntley going in there and scoring a lot of points. He played awful last week, uh, kind of had a meltdown of sorts uh, against uh, Chicago. And, and this time, I think it's going to be one of those situations where he has problems again. Give me the Steelers. I think the Steelers are starting to get it rolling. I, I'm not loving it, taking it in the contest, but I would take the Steelers. Uh, I think you can really only look one way, and it's with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, how in the world? We thought Brett Hundley had like, had made the turn after the Chicago game. God, he was bad last week. I don't know that you can you can bet on this guy and feel good about it, but you know what you can feel good about? Ben Roethlisberger at home. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers or nothing. A lay it or don't play it. I will lay it, as you did, Pete, with the Steelers. And now to Monday Night Football, where Mr. Monday and I will have yet another winner, hopefully, the Ravens hosting the Houston Texans. Not a great quarterback matchup here. Flacco and Savage. Baltimore now peed in the Super Contest. A touchdown favorite. Yeah, and this is another game where you look at it and you go, what are the Texans going to bring here? I mean, I don't see, the Ravens are playing great defense. I, I think the Ravens will limit them what they do on offense. I don't think the Ravens are going to get a ton of points. Say 20 to 10 final. So give me the Ravens uh, minus the points. Yeah, I think this Ravens defense, Pete, three shutouts already this year. The last time the Ravens had three shutouts in the season, 2000, when they won the Super Bowl. Now, this is not a Super Bowl team, but the defense is championship caliber. I think they're proving that, and they're gelling into that sort of unit. And you can't take Tom Savage and the Texans on the road in this spot against this Baltimore defense. So I'm with you, buddy. I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens laying the seven points. And with that, Mr. Conductor, shall we get Mr. Brinson on the phone? Bobby Brinson now joins us on the phone somewhere in a car in the Carolinas. Will, bring us up to speed on your Thanksgiving travels. Yeah, uh, rolling through Joko right now. That's Johnson County, for those who don't know. You never want to go to Joko unless you're going to the beach. I'm heading down to Wilmington for an evening after uh, two nights in High Point with my parents. Going to go see my in-laws and get uh, beat out by my mother-in-law for stopping in Raleigh to pick up a separate car and delaying our arrival or something like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, good good, uh, good little Thanksgiving at the Brinson Manor. Had about 30 people out there. Did an oyster roast, a little uh, fire out by the pole barn. Had some dogs running around, a little cornhole. Lots of, uh, you know, there's some, uh, there's some pizza. You would like this. There's some salmon and, like, a cheese spread involved, uh, a turkey, some gravy. Had some some Brunswick stew. I mean, this is pretty, pretty good, uh, pretty good spread. I had a bowl of macaroni and cheese for dinner. It was a good day. Hey, hey Brinson, well, let me ask loser. you something. Are you the only guy in the world that turns Thanksgiving into about a four day adventure? Seriously. Now you're going over to have Thanksgiving over here. And then you're going to go to cousin, cousin uh, Bobby's house and cousin, cause you're all named Will or Bobby, right? So you go over there <laughs> yeah. and you have another Thanksgiving. I don't get it. Well, just to be clear, everyone in the car, when we got to Raleigh to get the second car, I was like, man, I would love to stop here and just call it a day. But uh, we had to soldier on and go see the rest of the family, the other side of the family, the in-laws. If, if you don't, if you don't give equal side treatment, it gets, uh, gets a little dicey. And so I can't be getting dicey Pete, happy wife, happy life. And so here I am a, a brave, uh, brave soldier, just rolling right down, uh, right down the highway. One, one I quick suggestion. Have the Thanksgiving at your house and have both families come over. There's a there's an idea. Well, that sounds like hell, but okay, sure, I'll do that next year. 
<laughs> no, you, you, you'd rather be in a car for four days. So, uh, Eric, I want you to tweet this out at, at Pick Six Pod. Would you ever have an oyster roast on Thanksgiving, Pete? What's your take on Brinson having the oyster roast on Thanksgiving? It's just so Brinson. I mean, I mean it's it's so foo foo and awful. Like they roast we're, 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 we're on a farm, Steve, and some oysters. No, this is a pure. Like Southern Thanksgiving thing. I mean, like, what do you got? Like, what do you guys think? You go, you want to be inside? We're outside. Uh, you know, there's uh, playing playing games and you're shooting guns. There were guns being shot. There was a, a lot of guns being shot. Um, I'm gonna guess there I were no guns that. being shot. Yeah, there were no guns. Oh no no no! no. My dad and my dad and my cousin shot guns for like an hour. So we're down we're down shot ski for an hour. Um, yeah, I don't do it myself. I was watching football like a like a real man. I don't need guns. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a farm affair. The oyster roast is not as fruitful as you think. All right. I do like oysters. I just don't know if I like them on Thanksgiving. Well, uh, you went five and oh last week. Good on you, sir. You're still way behind both of us. So hopefully for you, another good week coming up here. You got your five best bets for us in week 12. I do. I'm actually, uh, two and oh already because I took the, uh, Chargers. Are you? Wow. Yeah. Chargers and the Vikings. Um, and it was, it was published on Thursday morning on the site. I tweeted it out. I, I didn't tweet it out in time for the Vikings game. I was running around. I had to go see my grandmother in the Thanksgiving morning, but, um, they were published at like 9 a.m. Uh, hit the Vikings, obviously hit the Chargers, loved the Chargers in that game. Um, and, uh, and they cruised the Cowboys. The Cowboys have been outscored 74 to six in the second half of their last three games. Jason Garrett, there needs to be an examination of Jason Garrett. And I, I think you have to wonder about whether or not you can build a roster the way that the Cowboys do, which is to have to be so heavy on like you know the, the stars and scrubs could injury. I mean, great, it's the top three players: Zeke suspension, Tyron Smith out with a bunch of stuff, and Sean Lee injured. But I mean, those two guys go down, and it's, it's a different team. It's just not very good. And uh, so I, I really like the Chargers in that spot. They came through for me, Philip Rivers. Maybe putting himself in the periphery for the MVP contest, and uh, and the other Philip Rivers continue. is not an MVP candidate. They're five and six. I mean, God. Well, you got I'm six and four. It, Russell Wilson is an MVP candidate, and some Russell people. Russell Wilson's not an no. He's not an MVP candidate either. I agree. I said, with first, of all, first of all, I said periphery, and it would take it. Look, if the Chargers won out and won the division, you, you at least have a discussion, right? I mean, like it's. I mean, I Make your picks. We're, we've been here for an hour. Make your damn picks. You've been driving around North Carolina. We've been sitting here doing a podcast. Make your damn picks. But I've got like an hour to go, so I thought I could burn it. Well, no, we don't. Go. We don't have an hour to go. We went off. Hurry up. Make your picks. Give us your five picks. Um, I'll give you two. They're already two winners. They're already in. And uh, then the other three I got. I'm taking the Philadelphia Eagles minus thirteen and a half. That is a massive spread. But the Bears are traveling. Mitch Trubisky up against a dangerous defensive front. And if you look at the Eagles, they have a, uh, I think it's like a plus 74 point differential in just the second half of games this year. And they've beaten opponents by an average margin of 22 points in their last five games. I like them to roll the Bears here, win by two touchdowns. I will take another huge favorite, the Atlanta Falcons, minus nine and a half against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa has won two straight, but it was against AFC East opponents. Ergo, it doesn't really count as victories. I like the uh, Atlanta Falcons who are really sort of finding their mojo to to figure out a way to put up some massive points against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, roll away with a huge win. Matt Ryan, maybe he puts himself back in the MVP periphery too. 
And uh, and then finally, I got the Indianapolis Colts. I really need Jacoby Brissett to clear concussion protocol here, but I think that this is a game where it's one of those home games, division rival, T.Y. Hilton. I'm going to predict 243 receiving yards for T.Y. Hilton this this, uh, this weekend against the Tennessee Titans. Colts win outright. All right, my five. I, 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 I kind of like Brinson's picks, and you know that. I, I do, too. I got I got a couple of them. I have I have the Eagles and the Colts uh, as two of mine. I had the Chargers yesterday, and my other two are the Broncos and the Jets. By the way, as we're doing this podcast, updated news: it looks like Jalen Ramsey has tweeted out he will not play Sunday Whoa. against the, the uh, Arizona Cardinals. You know what's so funny about this, Will? Before you came on, we're doing the picks, and I said as I'm introducing it, no Jalen Ramsey for the Jaguars minus five and a half at the Cardinals. But Pete, not listening to me, so there you go. Wait, so the line didn't move. Was he not expected to play the whole time? Um, I don't think the line. I I have the up. It, it's down to five, but I don't think Jalen Ramsey's not moving the point. The point spread more than half a oh, point. Yeah. Um, I, I I like the Cardinals in a weird way in that spot. I mean, clearly couldn't take couldn't take him as a best bet or anything. Like Do that, it. Get like on the can... Blaine train. Get on the Blaine train. Right. Do it. My picks. My best bet's already in. I said they're already they're already cashing. So like, right. you should have. You know, Pete, what was your bonus pick? I saw you you're filling in bonus picks in your post. I saw that. Um, uh, yeah. What was my bonus pick? I forget. I don't remember. New England, New England minus sixteen and a half. Maybe. I know I hit it last week though. I hit it last week because I, you know, I put them in on Friday, so I hit it last week, and, and that made me six and zero. Oh. My bonus pick this feel- week was the Ravens minus seven. Ravens minus seven. Ah. You feel like you're getting hot, don't you? Oh yeah. By you know, the way, the Leafs turn brown, and I wear the league crown. You know. By the way, <laughs> by the way, Will, um, a bunch of NFL insiders tweeting right now, Pete or Will, that the Colts do believe that Jacoby Brissett is going to play. Good, that's you. That, that's what I was sort of hoping for. Took the risk putting the picks in on a Wednesday night that he would clear concussion protocol. If he plays, I think they win outright. I, I like the Colts a lot, a lot in that spot. We both and, agree. Um, yep. I like, I like my. Uh, White hot picks to continue. What's the, what's our updated uh, standings here, guys? Eric, do you have do you have a microphone, Eric? What what are the updated standings? Well, adjusting uh, Will's two wins yesterday, he now has the same amount of wins as you. Uh, Twenty oh, <laughs> So Will is twenty four thirty two and one. Nick is twenty four <laughs> twenty eight and three. And Pete had one Pete win gets yesterday. A point yesterday too. Yeah. So twenty seven twenty eight and one. Whoa, whoa, we just got a good old-fashioned dogfight here, boys. This is old-fashioned dogfight. Yeah, we should do, we should throw some monster, shoot some guns, and have this good old-fashioned picks fight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pete, did you give your best bets or no? I forget. I did. I did. All right, All right so my best bets, yeah. Will. I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs minus the nine, nine and a half against the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to take, like you did, the Atlanta Falcons minus the nine and a half against the Bucks. I'm shocked, Will. I'm actually a little disappointed in you that you didn't take our Carolina Panthers minus the four and a half on the road against the Jets. I, like you, will also take the Indianapolis Colts. And for my fifth and final pick, no more Sean Lattimore, no Ken Crawley. Give me Jared Goff in the L.A. Rams to beat the New Orleans Saints and cover the number. The Chiefs, Falcons, Panthers, Colts, and Rams for yours truly. The uh, the Panthers thing I like, it's a, it's almost too stinky. Right, like the Panthers off a of bye, getting Greg Olson and Ryan Khalil back. You do trust them. Feels like a game they could win nine to six or like ten to seven. Though. 
Oh, I think they're going to score a lot of points. I think they're going to score like like twenty seven plus. Yeah, look, there's, if, with Olsen and Khalil are back, there's no reason not to see the offense operating at a hundred percent. They just seem to sometimes go on the road and not put up a big number against a questionable team. But it's, clearly, they're a better team than the Jets. And uh, hopefully none of the Panthers had a good Joko Thanksgiving feast because they got to be ready to play coming up on Sunday. Cover that number for yours truly. All right, so those are our best bets for the week. Hope all the listeners, hope you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We will catch up with you on Sunday night for the Week 12 recap. But, Will, earlier this week, you sat down with our buddy JLC. By the way, the shirt is in the mail. So the the jersey is in the mail for JLC. It is in the mail. He will get it. I, I brought it to UPS. What day is today? Friday? Two days ago on Wednesday while above that 102 fever. That's how dedicated I am. That's how much of a welcher I am not, Will Brinson. So he will have the shirt next week. <laughs> so you did, you did, Will, get the satanic pick of the week. Set us up for it, buddy. Yeah. Uh, JLC <laughs> gave me, it was so good that, uh, that Eric tweeted from at pick six pod in the middle of the screen, like, Oh boy, you guys better wait and see what he's got coming for you. Um, he's going with a massive, massive favorite, a double-digit home favorite, and uh, he likes him a lot, and he's going to scream about it. Will Brinson here, Jason Lock and Fora. Jason, your satanic lock of the week is now 3-1 and one on the season, and the people are clamoring for more, so they want to know who your best bet for week 11 week 11 for week 12 is how is it week 12 right who's your best bet for week 12 jason huge lines out there yeah this is a weird week for me will i don't feel um i don't feel the devil speaking to me quite to the degree (laughs) that i have in weeks past i don't feel you know like death metal riffs running through my veins coursing through my blood pulsating through my arteries the way i usually do I don't feel as if I'm channeling Phil Anselmo's scream or anything <laughs> like that. I don't hear Pantera banging away in my cranium like I normally do when I make these picks with such conviction. But I'm going to say this week, I wait. Let me sit up. i got the dog on me. i got to get my diaphragm right here. Oh, boy. Poor Copper. Beware, Copper. This week, I... <laughs> Got a little light in the head. Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. <laughs> they're the best they're team in football. 16 and a half. They're, pay, they're playing what might be the worst team in football. He loves to run up the score. He's out for blood. He sees a vulnerable young coach in Adam Gase who one day could challenge his throne. He will step on their necks. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have a running game. They can't stop anybody. He could play his second team and probably still run up the score. I know it's a huge number, but nothing's really speaking to me this week. So, you know, some would say that the Patriots have danced with the devil at times and how they operate. I welcome that, especially when it comes to making these picks. I'm going to shout at the devil. Hand those 16 and a half points to the Miami Dolphins and come out with a 4 and 1 record. It's a it's a bold it's a bold prediction. I like it. Um, so you think it's just a bloodbath from start to finish? Patriots roll at home. Yeah, I mean, I don't think. I mean, I, don't, I, I like I, I, him hanging fifty a fifty burger up wouldn't shock me. I mean, it wouldn't. Now I get all the travel that they've had going on and whatever else, but I mean, have you seen anything out of Miami that shows signs of life? 
mean, they seem like a, a team that won games early in the year. They know they had no business winning. And they understand their plight and their plot in life, and it is to go through the rest of the season getting smacked and mollywopped by people. I, I, I don't know what they do well. You know what I mean? I don't know what their discernible strength is. And I think the Patriots could beat them in three different ways. They could beat them with the deep ball. They could beat them by throwing to nothing but running backs. And they could probably beat them by running the ball. Um, yeah, the way, Patriots... I know it's a divisional game and all that, but the Patriots, they, they look like they're making their Super Bowl run. Patriots 3-0 and against the spread in their last three home games for their favorite 14 points or more. Yeah, he, he tends to, like, not blast people. Yeah, and I mean even now, even twenty seven ten, which would not be a blasting at all, but is a reasonable score, would cover. I mean Miami is the worst offense in the league in a year where nobody can play offense, and I think they're going to give up thirty some points. So the the question becomes: Does he stop playing defense in the fourth quarter, go prevent, and let them score? You know what I mean? Two garbage time touchdowns. But the the problem for Miami is that's like a month's worth of production. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is a team that went to Baltimore and got absolutely destroyed not that long ago. I mean, they're not in big, especially in big spots. I just don't see them as being competitive. And I think New England scores into the thirties, and I don't see Miami scoring above their low teens. I could be totally wrong, but and and as bad as New England's offense was early in the year, you know, Bill Belichick. Do you think Bill Belichick wants to have the worst ranked football every week? He keeps hearing they still have the worst, right? Were they worst in the league in yards? Like. He, he, he doesn't want that on his resume at the end of the season. Trust me, he knows and he cares. So the garbage time thing, I don't see him letting happen. If they got a chance to hold it to zero points or seven points and make their defense look a little better in the ratings, I think he's very cognizant of that.